And just like that, the 2023 NFL season has come to a close. Another year, same result. The Kansas City Chiefs stay on top. Back-to-back champions, first time in like 20 years since the Patriots did it. So, you know, we're officially living in the Kansas City dynasty that we all, all wanted. Yay! Welcome back to another episode of Booth Review. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined by the Sultan of Spice, resident Kansas City fan, probably living on cloud nine right now. What's going on, Mr. Peter Strauss? How you doing, buddy? I'm great. I don't know. You sounded a little sarcastic there about... uh, Oh, you picked up on that? Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) Going, raining, raining on the parade over here. Listen, I just, I, we just got out of a dynasty. I don't want another one. We went from one immediately into another one. Like, there wasn't even a break. There wasn't even, like, a, like a let's take, like, five years and just make it where anybody can win the championship. No, it was literally Tom Brady for 20 years, and then Patrick Mahomes for, like, the last six. And, and, in one of those, in one of those years, Tom Brady beat Patrick Mahomes. I'm sick of it, man. I like the kid. I like the kid. I want to see it. I, I want to see him like be historic. But like, man, he could have entered the league like, like five to ten years later. He just had to do it right as Brady was getting done. Come on, man. Listen, it's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Uh, and I mean, the Rams got to win one, so you know, there's that. Yeah, that was a that was a fun Super Bowl. The Rams and Bengals in the middle this of all of this. Super Bowl. It was an all right Super Bowl. This was a fun Super Bowl. What do you mean? All right, all right. So I I'm gonna jump right into this and ask you because I was planning on asking you this anyways. So Blake posted in the Discord like shortly after the game that that was the best Super Bowl of his lifetime. I thoroughly disagree with him. Um, I don't think <clears throat> it might not even be in my top five. It was very good for the last, for the fourth quarter and overtime. The first three quarters, incredibly boring. Incredibly boring, very just forgettable Super Bowl. So to me, that discredits however great the fourth quarter and, and overtime were. So for you, where does this rank? Like, take your Chiefs fandom out of it if you can. But where does this rank as far as, like, one of the best Super Bowls for you? Um, Man, it's, it, it is, like, I, I agree that I don't think it's the, the best in our lifetime. Like, obviously, um, Eagles with Nick Foles winning it was incredible. Yes, that one's um, above it for sure. Yeah. Um, even Kansas City's first win, even though it was, like, a little bit more of a blowout like for me personally that being their first one in 50 years is like really something special that's hard to to overcome i do think this was the most stressful super bowl i've watched i think because <laughs> with the eagles with the eagles it was back and forth too but like the teams the teams were rolling right, right. the whole time so it was like if we get the ball last which is what ended up happening then it's not a worry Whereas this Super Bowl was so stressful because the first, and it's hard to say the first three quarters were even boring because stuff happened. It just they weren't scoring. Like there were, there were um, fumbles. Like 
they had that big pass to McCole Hardman in double coverage, and Isaiah Pacheco fumbled immediately afterwards. Defenses were making big plays. Uh, Trent McDuffie getting deflections. Chris Jones, like, just getting in the way of Brock Purdy from throwing potential touchdowns to open targets. Like, I think the game was interesting the whole time, and it never felt like anybody was truly, like, ahead enough, like... Until the very end, it didn't feel like anybody was, like, jumping ahead to win this game. Um, so that's what right. made it exciting for me. The fact that it was close the whole time, even if the Niners were up by 10 at one point, it never felt like they were going to run away with the game. I mean, because they kept um, shooting themselves in the foot. Literally with Trey uh, <laughs> <Dre> Greenlaw. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I'm sad about that. That is an unfortunate... It is like, unfortunate. I, I I guess for me, like, again, like, there just wasn't anything super memorable about this. And even, like, even going into the fourth quarter in overtime, like, there still wasn't anything incredibly memorable for me. Like, when I look back I at, like, the best games of my life, like, take Super Bowls out of it. When I look back at, like, the best games of my life, like, Rams and... Rams and Chiefs from like 2018 was like one of the best, obviously. Yeah. Chiefs Bills, that's like th- being able to to reference that game as thir- as the 13 second game, like that says something about the game. You can't do that with the Super Bowl. Like there's nothing that says, "Oh, hey, this play was like like pa- like Patriots uh, Eagles for the Philly Philly game." You know what I'm saying? Like there was nothing like that in this Super Bowl for me. And so that's why it's not I can see that where, like, there wasn't, like, a big, like, there wasn't a huge memorable play. Like, the Jawan Jennings touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey is probably the closest that, right, yeah, like, we'll get to that in a sense. But everybody, like, in the sense of, like, a football game, it was a great football game. I'll agree with that, yeah. Like, as far as the actual play on the field, um, it was just as good, if not better than last year. I mean, Mahomes played, this is probably, I think, the best he's performed in a Super Bowl. I thought, um, I, I honestly, back and look at his stats. I honestly thought last year's Super Bowl was more entertaining. Which, I mean, that's just, I guess that's just because of the way that the NFL is going to where, like, offense is the entertaining part of football. And people so, want like, to see People want to see the ball go flying. Right, and, I get and that's, it. And that's I, the way I last like year's was. And also, like, even if you look back at last year's, like, we were watching Jalen Hurts do, do something incredible, and then he happened to fumble the ball away, and they lose the game, and it gets forgotten. But what Jalen Hurts was doing in that Super Bowl was in, incredible. Amazing like quarterback play from him. And like I said, he, he ended up on the losing side, so it gets forgotten. But like last year was, was way more entertaining for me personally. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it was. I think it is still... I mean, any Kansas City winning a Super Bowl is going to be a top five Super Bowl for me until they win more than five. But <laughs> then, you know, I'll have to go, go between those. Um, but but no, this was the most, I think, stressed I've been during, yeah. like from start to finish, because the 2019, like we got a, pretty far ahead, like at the end, like the fourth quarter, like we were, there was a little relief by then. Right. Um same thing with uh with the eagles like it was close the whole game but you know the last little bit like the last 
seven minutes or something we had the ball, so it was just like felt relief there. This one was like we were at the goal line and we were still like we had only had one touchdown before that. And so it was just like we gotta get at the end zone for the win. Yeah. Um and everybody except the Chiefs confused about the the overtime rules <laughs> apparently. So um Yeah. Which it I is. guess leads which I guess I could start with my under review because that's kind of uh Yeah, go for what it. I was gonna say. And I don't want to necessarily take anything away from Kyle Shanahan because he is one of the best coaches in our lifetime. He's an incredible coach. Just had unfortunate task of going up against Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes twice in the Super Bowl. Um, it's a tough task to, to play those two guys right now. The thing that, and I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast has heard, is that the players on the 49ers did not know about the rule change. Which to me, like, obviously that's a lot on the coach for not going over scenarios and everything like that. But as a player, like, every fan of football, like, that's at least a little bit more, like, not quite casual level, but like one level above casual. Right. Knows that that happened. Right. Everybody knew that change happened. So how did the players not know for themselves? And, like, the captains of the team, too. Like, the leadership in general of that team, somebody should have brought it up in a meeting. Yeah. Somewhere. But at the end of the day, it falls on on the coach. Gives up another uh, double-digit lead in the Super Bowl. And all the players played so well, I couldn't think of anyone else really to put under review. Um, but, yeah, it's it's unfortunate for him. And with the, you know, do you have the same argument with him that you have with Mike McCarthy? Like, yeah, he gets you there, but he can't get over the hump of, you know, winning that game when it matters. So what do you do with Kyle Shanahan? I like, he's a great coach. He should, he should be the coach of that team, but there are people that are, that are like, don't know. It's tough, man. I mean, I feel like. I feel like for as good of an offensive mind as he is, I maybe he struggles at making the necessary adjustments when you know when 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 you're facing a team and naturally defensively they adjust to what your offense is doing. So if they're successful, you're going to have to switch up your plan as well and maybe Shanahan struggles with that and struggles to outcoach the defense that he's, that he's playing. Um I don't know. It's 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 weird to see this happen repeatedly for him. Um it shows that it's definitely not a fluke. It's not a one time thing. Like this is something that he definitely struggles yeah. with. So I don't know man. It's uh, obviously it's, a, he's a great mind, so I don't know. I don't know what you do with him. It is also weird because we say it's not a fluke, but when you look when you look back at the games like Obviously, the first Super Bowl against Kansas City, like that was just Kansas City adjusting and wanting it more at at the end. Like sure. there was nothing in, in that game that I necessarily consider lucky. Whereas, you know, the game twenty eight to three, like Edelman had that insane like catch, ricochet catch and triple coverage that kind of got them going. True. And this game you get a blocked PAT, Drake Greenlaw gets injured just stepping onto the field. Uh I mean, yeah, there, yeah. there is all that, but also, like, 
San Francisco's offense did nothing in the third quarter. The third quarter especially. They did yeah. nothing. You look at what they did the first, second quarter. Like, yeah, they only put 10 points up on the board, but there was opportunity for them to be up 17, 20 points. It, like, there was definitely opportunities there that they missed. And yeah. so, and some of that is just, just bad luck um, or, or playing a very good defense. But, like, they were able to move the ball well in the first half for the most part. Um, and they couldn't do that at all in the third quarter. The third quarter, they, they, they could do nothing. And so that's, like, that's the pivotal moment for me when they started to lose the game is when the offense completely left the building after halftime. Yeah, and, I mean, that's something that the Chiefs have done well all year. Um this is the first game all year where they've allowed more than seven points in the second half. Mm. So, and this was only nine in the fourth quarter and then three in overtime. Right. Uh, and I don't, and I, I, I know a lot of people are knocking Shanahan for choosing to receive the ball in first in overtime. I don't think that's necessarily a bad, a bad move. Yeah. I um, hadn't even gotten there yet. <laughs> Like it, it allowed your defense to have a rest, and like that was a long drive too. So it gave your defense plenty of rest, and all your defense had to do was go out there and make one stop, just just stop them one time, and you win you win the Super Bowl. And they couldn't do it, so I don't hate that. I don't hate that decision. Um, I know it's gotten a lot of flack from a bunch of different analysts, gotten a lot of flack on social media, whatever. I don't think it was a bad call. Yeah, it's it's tough because I do think I do think the best strategy is to defer. That's what I was thinking the whole time. And obviously that's what if Kansas City had won the toss, that's what they were going to do anyway. But they were also prepared for this scenario. Right. Whereas, uh, you know, they just were like the players thought that was the decision to be made for the wrong reasons. They thought they just wanted to go down and score and not necessarily be able to react. And there was talk to you about like playing for the third possession because it's like if the offenses are rolling, then it's like, yeah, go down, score a touchdown, let the Chiefs go down, score a touchdown, and then just go and score again, and then you win in the sudden death portion. Yeah. Um but the Chiefs also said if it came down to that, like if San Francisco had scored a touchdown, if Chiefs had also scored a touchdown, they were just gonna go to, for two and put the game in their hands. Right. So um I, I think I think the right decision is to defer. I understand giving the defense a rest, um, kind of being the main argument for that. I think doing it to like try to get the third possession is dumb. So it, it depends on really for me what the exact reasoning was there for him. Um, but we'll see if uh, I think every team from now on in the playoffs, if we ever get there again. Uh, is going to defer <laughs> every single time after this game. Possibly. Possibly. Well, my under review, I feel like the problems for the Niners was less Kyle Shanahan and more so the fact that their star playmakers, two of them in particular, didn't seem to show up. And I want to give, obviously, the Chiefs credit defensively because the Chiefs defense balled out all game um, just like they did really all throughout their playoff run and for most of the season. Um, but they shut down two guys in particular. Uh, George Kittle had two receptions out of three targets for four yards. 
That's all he had. All game. You can't win whenever you're, one of your, your top guys is putting up those numbers. Debo Samuel, who I think is probably the second most important guy on this offense behind Christian McCaffrey. Uh, when Debo Samuel's been out, you can go look at the numbers. Like when Debo has missed games for them, uh, that offense is significantly worse. Debo Samuel had three receptions on 11 targets for 33 yards. And he had three carries out of the backfield for eight yards. They couldn't do anything. Debo and George Kittle did not show up. Um, if they did, the defense promptly escorted them to the door and said, get out of here. Uh, and I think that is more of the reason for San Fran not getting it done offensively. Yeah, and part of the reason I didn't, because I know they performed super low. They were both at one point. They both like got hurt and then True. like left the game for True. a minute and then came back. And also, uh, Trent McDuffie, Legarius Need had for him had a little bit of a down game. He, I think he was uh, he gave up a couple big plays. But Trent McDuffie, besides the one holding call, which he really couldn't have avoided because of how that route was ran. And that, I'm, that um, to me, that was a that was. A little bit of a ticky-tack foul, too, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I can't complain about the the tic-tac call in, in the Super Bowl. I just, yeah. I can't. I stand by it. It's, it was the yeah. right call. He just couldn't avoid it. Yeah. So I don't necessarily blame him for that. That was just the That's, route that it's was about, the position he was in. It's about as clean of a penalty as you could have, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Trent McDuffie, like, if I were to... It, and it was a tough conversation with the MVP because, like, if you could give it to the entire defense, like, I would. Right. Because the Kansas City defense and special teams, both, and at least as far as the uh, field goal teams, um, really shined. Especially Trent McDuffie with three pass deflections against the best receiving core in the league. Uh Legarius Need also had a pass deflection. Mike Edwards, our, one of our safeties. Um, and just the line, even though the line doesn't have the stats, Chris Jones broke up three touchdown passes by just putting pressure on Brock Purdy. Yeah. And Brock Purdy played great. Like He avoided those sacks like one of the best like pocket presences we've like I've seen out of him this game. Like He just can feel it coming get the ball out, just not able to get the ball where it needs to go. Yeah. Like he overthrew it every time because he had to throw it high enough to get over Chris Jones. Um, the, just the defensive play is outstanding, and especially Trent McDuffie. Uh, just phenomenal. Uh, this game with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still you're two of the best players. And I think, George Kittle was all pro, right? And then Debo probably wasn't because he missed a few games. Um, probably. But regardless, yeah, I mean those those two guys are like those are two of the I don't know five most important guys on that team on yeah. uh, like offensively. Like you, I would say you have McCaffrey, Ayuk, Purdy, and those two guys, and that's like that's your offense yeah. that you're counting on. And they did adapt and make big plays with other guys like one Jawan Jennings. If, Absolutely uh, balled out. If the, yeah. if the 49ers had won, he had a case for MVP. Second player ever with the receiving and 
passing touchdown in a Super Bowl, aside right. from Nick Foles. Uh, four catches for 42 yards in that touchdown, which was a, like, powerful touchdown. Right. That was. I was like, I could not believe we did not tackle him. That was a powerful touchdown by Juwan Jennings. And then also that pass, like, he took a big hit on that pass to Christian McCaffrey. Um, but the ball stayed in the air long enough for, you know, the blockers to get in position and McCaffrey to do his thing. So he had a strong <laughs> case for MVP, I think, if they had ended up winning that game. Yeah. Um, Kyle Ischak had a couple big plays. Uh, Brandon Ayuk did his thing. Uh, Ray Aaron McLeod and Chris Conley both had big catches. Just at, at the end of the day, it's um, – I, I think it's Mahomes' magic is the only thing we can call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah who's your uh who's your best and, of the booth and speaking of yeah mahomes magic <laughs> i am gonna go with the super bowl mvp here patrick mahomes who i i kind of want to go back and look at his other super bowl stats because i know last year's wasn't great obviously against tampa bay when he had no offensive line and nobody could catch a ball um which it felt like he was under pressure this game the whole time too and he did take a few sacks but and he had that one bad pick but he had uh, 70, I just had it up, 73.9 completion percentage, having to throw the ball 46 times, 34 46 for 333 yards, two touchdowns and the pick, 75.8 QBR and a 99.3 rating. He also carried the ball nine times for 66 yards. So 399 total yards for Patrick Mahomes this game. And some designed runs, which we never see from Kansas City, pulling it out in the in the Super Bowl. Like you can see it, like the field just clear. They're like, "Oh yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's gonna stay around behind the line of scrimmage for ten minutes and figure out where to throw the ball to." And it's like, "Nope." Ring. <laughs> <laughs> um. It yeah, it was it was an incredible performance from him. It, it took some time to get it going, but I mean, he just uh the history we're seeing with with this man and the potential he has to overshadow Brady, a record that we thought would never be broken. And it's like, he has a shot. <laughs> he's already got three, and he's not even 30 yet. Yeah, this was, um, this was his second best passer rating uh, in the Super Bowl. Last year was his best at a 131.8. Um, he went 21 to 27 for 182 yards, three touchdowns last year. Um, and then also 44 yards rushing. Which this year, 333, two touchdowns, one pick, 66 yards rushing. And then back in 2020, uh, 26 to 42 for 286. Two touchdowns, two picks, 29 yards rushing with a rushing touchdown. Passer rating of 78.1. So, last year was probably his best performance, but this one was like, like right up there with it. Um, yeah, what he's, well, last, what he's doing is ridiculous. Yeah, and last year he didn't have to do as much, so his numbers no. were... Like, even though his rating and his QBR were higher, like, he also threw the ball half as many times as he did this year. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just incredible. I'm glad it's my team. As as I will always say, people who complain about dynasties, like, because I'm fully 
hypocrite. I hated it when Alabama did it in college. I hated the Patriots for a long time. And I understand it now. And I'm sorry that that you all are mad at it. I'm sorry. But I'm enjoying the ride while we have it. If it comes to Green Bay, I'll hate Green Bay when it happens to Green Bay. But I'm going to enjoy the ride while we have it. <laughs> well, for my best of the booth, uh, obviously Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal. Uh, but I think we, we have to shout out these two guys uh, for this Super Bowl in particular. You know, there was 57 Super Bowls prior to this one. You want to take a guess how many 50-yard field goals there were in those other 57 combined? Uh, yeah, they did show it. Um, was it like four or five? Like it was Seven. Low. Yeah. Seven. In 57 years of Super Bowls, there were seven 50-plus-yard field goals. There was three in this game. Three. Uh, Jake Moody ended up setting the record at 55 yards, only for it to get broken by Harrison Butker. Like, I don't know, maybe an hour later with a 57-yard field goal. Uh, Butker, 4-for-4 four four on the day. Uh, perfect uh, in, in point afters as well. Jake Moody, 3-for-3 three three on field goals. Did have the one missed PAT, which maybe it comes back and costs him the Super Bowl in the end. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Those two guys both, I mean, for as bad as kickers have been all year, and as much as I hate kickers and harp on them all the time, those two guys showed up to play and balled out. So good on them. Yeah, and I mean, that's why I said field goal team earlier, specifically for special teams. And Tommy Townsend, too, are punting. The, yeah, the punting uh, was great. But he's always been a great punter, and Butker's always been a great kicker. But Butker's, that 57-yarder that set the record was a scary kick. I thought... For sure, it was, was so low. Forward. It was so yeah. low. Well, did you see? It was the snap. Did you see the snap? Like, I didn't. Uh-uh. Yeah, Townsend reached up like fully, like above his head, like full arms reach up to get that snap. Got it down, and Butker just line drived it. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So that wasn't necessarily. Um, I don't know if it was a bad snap on Moody's PAT. I know it was a low kick, and I think Chanel was able to get the block on it, which is, I mean. Yeah, in in the end, that that is a huge deal. That one point when it's when it's a game like that, is that the dude that clotheslined the guy on the punt return? You have to know no, the they, play I'm talking about. He clotheslined our guy. Oh, that is that was, what happened? Okay, that was uh, Conley, I think, on Richie James. Okay, that was yeah, that was nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Like that was to me the most <laughs> memorable play of the Super Bowl was the yeah. absolute nasty it's, clothesline. It's it's we it's we say there's not a lot of memorable plays. There's just a lot of crazy stuff that happened. The fumbles, the blocked PAT. There was the punt that went off the guy's foot that we recovered. Yeah, yeah. Um, Drake Greenlaw getting hurt just stepping on the field. Like it was a wild game. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Um, All right. So we do this every year. Blind prediction. For next year's Super Bowl. Obviously, a lot will change over the offseason. This will probably change between now and six months from now when we do our our preview episodes. But for Super Bowl 59, which I gotta say 59 spelled out in Roman numerals looks really weird. Uh, this is Super Bowl Licks. Um, 
<laughs> L-I-X. So for Super Bowl Licks, what is your blind prediction? Who's going to be there next year? The NFC, I I really want it to be Detroit. And they're keep and the one thing with them that's really nice, they're keeping both their coordinators, yep. which is huge. Yep. I don't know if they're re- really losing anything with free agency. I think, uh, I mean, obviously they're still going to have Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta, who are huge parts of that team. Um, I don't see why Jared Goff would be going anywhere. Like he's been great for them this year. Um, they have a young defense who played well most of the year uh the only piece i'd really be worried about losing is amon ross st brown i don't remember what year he is if he still has one more year on his rookie contract i think he Um, might be a free agent possibly i think because like i think it would be really easy for san francisco to get back but looking like um, the notable free agents they have it's like the eagles it's a long list from the eagles from last year it is a long list. And while they, if they keep Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and obviously Kyle Shanahan shouldn't go anywhere and they can keep a bulk of that defense, then they'll still be primed back to get there. True. But I, I really want Detroit to get there. Yeah. Um, do I have to tell you my AFC? I mean, I have a guess as to who it is, but. Cause we've, cause people were speculating. If Andy Reid won, if he would retire, if if Travis Kelsey would retire and go into the entertainment business, <laughs> and I think they made it pretty clear that their goal is the three peat. And what's going to stop them? Uh, what's going to stop them? The Detroit Lions, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, um, may, may, maybe. And if there's any team that I would like be happy losing to in the Super Bowl, it is the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Like I will, I will say that. Um, but man, it's trading Tyreek Hill and getting a lot of flack for not giving Mahomes receivers, and then winning two Super Bowls in a row. Yeah, Le- like not having a thousand yard pass catcher this year because Travis Kelsey missed a game, like missed that first game, and ended up like seven yards short or something, and ended up not playing the last game. Uh, not having a thousand yard rusher, leading the league in dropped passes, having the most penalized defensive and offensive player, Jawan Taylor, Lajarius Need, respectively, the most penalized players. Um, having a rookie wide receiver one, still wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, crazy. That yeah. defense. That defense to me. Uh, Chris Jones and LeJerry Steed are the only kind of older guys I'd be worried about losing. Um, the offense apparently doesn't matter who's on it as long as <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and, and I get the AFC is still going to be stacked. Hopefully, you know, there won't be as many injuries and we'll get teams like the Bengals and the Jets at their best. But yeah, it's how do you bet against Mahomes at this point? How do you do it? You don't. You just you, you did it. You did it the whole playoffs. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> every single listen, game. You don't. You just hope that something happens. That's what. That's what it is. That's what it boils down to. Is you don't bet against him. You just hope that he loses. That's what. That's what it is. Uh, for my Super Bowl prediction, I got a little weird with it. Not too weird. I think likable is more is a better term. Um, 
I'm with you. Lions out of the NFC. Weirdly, I this this I'm gonna leave people with a little bit of a controversial take to end the season on. I think I might take the Packers over the Lions in the North next year. We'll see. We'll see what happens over the next six months. But I might do it. Just given <laughs> just just given the way Jordan Love looked this year, I might do it. I mean, um, it's a homer. It's a homer pick. It I'm is. Not, it I, is. But but I'm never going to blame you for a homer pick ever. Blake might be another story. The Discord might be another story. I will never be mad at you for a homer pick. Just so I, you're aware. I am even if, even if I do do that though. I am picking the Lions right now to make the Super Bowl. Um, the Niners. What, what worries me with the Niners, man, is like obviously they're a very good football team. But if you look at what Green Bay did to them and look at what Detroit did to them in back-to-back games, that that right there shows you that the, that, that team is beatable in the NFC. They're not in an NFC powerhouse. And with one more year, teams are just going to catch up to them even quicker. So yeah. I, won't, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not in the mix um, as far as in the NFC Championship game again next year. Uh, I could very easily see it being... Detroit and somebody, Dallas and somebody, maybe even Green Bay and somebody, um, versus the Niners just automatically being there. Uh, so yeah, give me Detroit from the NFC. The AFC is a little tough because it is very stacked, but it's tough to know like where teams really are. Like when you look at like someone like the Bengals, where you know going into the year we all expected them to be fantastic. And then Joe Burrow looks rough for the first couple weeks, misses half the rest of the season um, down the stretch. So who, what he, what is he going to look like going into next year? Um, obviously, if he's healthy and playing well, then they're clear contenders. Um, the Ravens, after this year, you have to consider them in the mix. The Bills, the Jets with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, like these are all teams that are going to be competing. But there's one young one. That impressed some people this year, maybe even stunned some people, and played the last couple of of uh, last couple of regular season games and playoff games without a couple of big names on the offensive side. And I'm picking the Houston Texans to come out of the AFC. Give me Lions Texans. If you listen, this Super Bowl was the most watched Super Bowl of all time. With like 128 people, 128 million people watching. <laughs> no, uh, just 128. Yeah, yeah, just 128. 128 million people was ridiculous. I think if the Lions make the Super Bowl, like the way the entire nation felt about that team throughout the playoffs, I don't know, man. I think it might. I think it might beat that pretty easily. It'd be tough if it's. <laughs> it'd be tough if it's Lions Texans. If it's Lions Chiefs, I think for sure it beats that. Um, Lions Texans might be a little uh, might be a little tough to sell, but I I would love to see this matchup. I would love it. I'm gonna fight with you. Okay, for a second, not not because of the pick. I love the pick. I'm not gonna fight with you about the pick. I want to fight with you because we had a whole argument after the NFC Championship game and yeah, about we Championship Weekend in general about how if the NFL was rigged, they would have put the Lions in. 
because more people want to see that that would get more viewership. And you were like, no, they need the big 49ers San Francisco market because Kansas City is in a big market, even though they have Taylor Swift. The Niners are a more historical team. More people will tune matter. in. More people will tune in to watch them because it's the Niners. Whereas the, if the Lions make it in more actual like NFL fans like that pay attention throughout the whole season will be involved. That's the point, though, because there are people, people are going to watch the Super Bowl regardless. But, you know, more people who don't like, who are like, oh, my team's not in the Super Bowl. I don't care as much. Everybody's going to root for the Lions if the Lions get in. That was Possibly, my point. Is yeah. The Lions, the Lions or the Ravens would have been, would have brought more viewership because there would be a chance for teams that haven't won a lot of Super Bowls or see like Lamar Jackson get his first or see the Lions get their first, like more people would have tuned in for that. Even I unless you want to argue the Chiefs, obviously the Taylor Swift effect, but I the mean, Lions The Taylor Swift the, effect is real. If this was a Lions Chiefs Super Bowl, they it would have been higher. I promise you. But but also I but also you. doesn't it set up better to have the Lions lose the NFC Championship game this year. And then you have all the people that jumped on that bandwagon throughout the playoffs already on the bandwagon for 2024. And then that bandwagon is just going to keep getting more people as the momentum builds towards a, a Super Bowl run. Maybe, but that's not the argument you made. When I'm, just, had I'm just saying, that's, that's what the WWE does. They always fake you out and then a year later or two years later give you what you want. That's how it works. They have to finish this. They have to finish the story. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's it's it's how it goes. This isn't a wrestling podcast. As fun as that would be. <laughs> I cannot do a wrestling podcast. It's fine. Me and Shane will do it's it. Too scripted. Too scripted, <laughs> and it's too much garbage of what I just talked about. Of wanting the thing and not ever seeing the thing or having to wait five to ten years down the road for the thing to finally pay off. And having to sit through like six years of Roman Reigns being the champion for no reason. For pointless reason. And the guy that he feuded with for like three of those years is now a sexual predator that they are completely just ignoring and, and rewriting out of history. Because that was such a great move. <laughs> Well, to be fair, that's when Vince McMahon was in charge, and Vince McMahon and Brock Lesnar were apparently very good friends. You see what you're doing right now? You're winding me up. You're <laughs> winding me up. I don't like this. <laughs> oh, well. We do, have, we do have another podcast. We do have another podcast. Time uh, for the shameless plug. If you want to hear more of our beautiful voices over the next uh, six or seven months, Come listen to the Putt Stuff Podcast. It is your one-stop shop for all of your disc golf listening needs. Um, putt Stuff, that is Putt with a P. Uh, putt Stuff, that is the name of the podcast. Come listen to it uh, and follow the Disc Golf Pro Tour with us throughout the season. There will be a little bit of an overlap come October, November with this one, um, but... We'll just we'll just power through, man. We'll power through, get it done, double duty it. Um, yeah. That will start next week, I guess, is when that starts. Yeah, I think uh, All Star All Star Weekend is in 
It's the last weekend of February, I think. I think All-Star Weekend is this weekend. So we might have flubbed our schedule a little bit. But the first official DGPT event is next week with the Chess.com Invitational. That's not even the podcast for this, though. Or That's not even... That's a whole different podcast. Uh, anyways, hey, people, we appreciate you for tuning in and listening to us all season long. We'll be back with you guys uh, after the longest offseason in sports. The, the, the offseason that is the NFL offseason. The, the terrible stretch from February to August. Uh, we will be yeah. not around. And we'll be back with you in August. Yep. You can watch the UFL, but we're not going to cover it. because You can. We're not doing it this year because it's a lot. And uh, I'd rather talk about this call. I would too. But we appreciate you guys tuning in, listening to us, hop into the Discord, come talk sports with us over the offseason. Uh, follow our socials at Booth Review Pod on Instagram. I think. At Booth Review Sports on Instagram, at Booth Review Pod, most other places. Um, that's just the way it worked out. Uh, but <laughs> we appreciate you, we love you, and we will see you guys in August with our 2024 preview episode. Ciao.